Welcome back, everyone. My name is Michael LeBlanc, Director and Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Unity Wealth Management. And thanks for joining us again this week, uh, where we give you a recap of what's going on and we highlight uh, some interesting or key news. And this week, we're going to be talking about taxes and, and coming up to year end, obviously, the end of 2020. Different things you can do, different things you should consider uh, before we finish off 2020 and close some door on some of the tax strategies you can implement. But before that, we're going to jump into the news. Um, as always, though, remember everything we cover here is for educational purposes only. Uh, do do your own due diligence or reach out to a professional to review your current situation and see how these might apply to you. And as always, we're happy to help out. You can reach us at mikeonmoney.com. Uh, we answer any of your questions you might have. You just send them in uh, or you can access our portal there with the most of our educational material and our other videos that might uh, pertain to your situation. So again, if you are watching live, feel free to use the Q&A button. Uh, otherwise, you can send in your questions by email uh, and we will definitely get back to you. Uh, we'll try to get to the live ones today. Uh, but record has shown that I go over time uh, every week as there seems to be a lot going on every week. So uh, if I don't get to it, I will definitely follow up with you uh, right after. So let's take a look at what's going on in the economy. Uh, <clears throat> this morning, uh, the few U.S. future stocks fell a bit. Uh, they have recovered a bit in, in uh, daytime trading. A uh, little bit of curbing enthusiasm around the, the market, some concerns of uh, valuations. In fact, we're, we're kind of see a flashback to 20, end of 2019, where you know, some of the biggest concerns we had on the table back then was uh, you know, the Brexit deal, as they attempt to avoid a hard Brexit and come up with a trade uh, agreement uh, and deal with borders. The, uh, the Asian US or US China specifically uh, trade tensions uh, and, and then, of course, the overall economic health. And uh, we are seeing some concerns that maybe we've, the markets have gotten ahead of themselves. Certainly in certain sectors, uh, we're seeing that. Uh, we'll touch on a, a few of those things uh, as we go through here. Uh, but we're definitely seeing some overvaluations that we should be cautious about. And, uh, and that was the reason for this morning's uh, little bit slower start than normal. As I said, it did pick up a little bit today, uh, but not, um, not a significant day. Uh, also, we're seeing out there vaccines are being airlifted and delivered. This morning, the very first uh, person in the UK and England uh, got the vaccine outside the trial. So they're, they're actively given uh, given out the vaccines to the first Western country to, to, to start that process. Canada has stepped up uh, to bring in, they're talking about 250,000 vaccines uh, coming in this week, possibly. Uh, obviously that's not many given uh, those are the Pfizer vaccines, which require two. So that's 125,000 people, uh, but they will be started and obviously more and more coming. Uh, also in the US, uh, Trump signed a, a executive order prioritizing the U.S. for the U.S. made uh, vaccine. So any of the vaccines being made in the United States to be prioritized for the population in the U.S. I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Um, 
what kind of standing that has. Uh, but uh, I don't think it's going to be a big issue in the long run anyway, as uh, all the all the different vaccine producers are cooperating for production around the world. Uh, obviously, this is not just a one country uh, issue, and they're going to focus quite a bit uh, on getting the production ramped up as fast as possible and get distribution out there as fast as possible. We're already seeing the AstraZeneca uh, Oxford vaccine uh, in the UK also go into production. Um, and uh, keep in mind, that's the one that does not require the very low temperatures, the minus 70 degrees Celsius, Celsius storage or shipping. So, uh, so that one's obviously going to be a lot easier to to get around the world and and uh, especially to more rural locations or areas where they don't have the the, the money or the uh, ability to uh, distribute that uh, with those um, those extreme conditions because uh, those freezers are expensive. Not everyone, not even everyone in you know the big populated cities uh, would have it. Not every doctor's office would have it. Uh, they'll have to set up special special locations. Uh, the locals, uh, there's a lot of pressure on the locals to open Disney again. Uh, obviously, it's been shut down. Uh, specifically, we're talking about the one in Paris. Uh, you know, nothing's moving. Uh, France is in a complete shutdown, restrictions over there. Um, there's obviously a big demand to reopen the, the economy. Disney, of course, facing permanent job losses and, lo and uh, economic loss being closed there. Uh, the Florida one is open. I believe the California one is closed. Um, so Disney's obviously put, uh, trying to put some pressures and trying to figure out how they can reopen again sooner than later. Uh, much like uh, the entire world, as far as the economy goes, people want to open and, and get back to business. Uh, people are starting to suffer, maybe a little bit from cabin fever. Obviously, I'm, I've even got my cabin clothes on today. Um, I'm working from home. I've come, up, I've come down with a little bit of sniffle, uh, which is really just a, a cold. I don't have any other symptoms, but obviously being cautious and isolate myself while I get over this. Um, so the whole world's doing that. In fact, here in BC, of course, we've just announced that we're, our shutdowns will remain into place, uh, or our restrictions, I should say, will remain in place until January 8th. So a bit of a damper on the holiday season. The cell signals are indicated uh, indicating a bit of road bump uh, ahead as the world worries a little bit about the equities, as I mentioned there a few minutes ago. Uh, we are seeing, you know, after a very strong November uh, and a strong start to December, uh, there are some on the institutional side seeing some sell signals starting to pop up as major investment banks are starting to raise some cash, uh, you know, taking a bit of pause on these record highs and really seeing where the economy is going to fall. We've been pretty much talking about this, you know, through since October, taking some profits off the table if you've got some. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean get out of the market. We, we had a whole um, video on, um, I think it was two weeks ago, uh, on, uh, you know, what to do or how to position your portfolio if you're concerned about a pullback or a recession. Uh, and it doesn't mean get it out of the market. It just means maybe shift in some of your, your portfolio uh, away from some areas that are, that, that are potentially uh, overexposed to that growth and into areas that would continue to see solid growth, even if we go into uh, a pullback or, or recession. So maybe not a um, an unwise decision here going in December. December traditionally is a slow month with much lower volume, so well worth considering that. Uh, the Congress is also uh, moving to vote on a stopgap bill for, uh, for COVID-19 AIDS um, and, and, of course, avoiding the uh, a, a, a government 
shut down uh, as they have to uh, reapprove budgets um, and or spending. And, uh, you know, they're trying to wrap in there a stopgap COVID-19 uh, uh, package or at least, a, you know, a bridge package until uh, we see the shift in governments uh, happen in January. Uh, the U.S. is slapping more sanctions on, on Chinese officials now. Uh, they've been uh, creating a, a blacklist of companies that uh, people, uh, Americans are not allowed to trade in and they're not allowed to do business in the United States. And now they've uh, slapped more sanctions on China. These, this time they're, they're targeting the officials uh, with the Hong Kong crackdown. Uh, so this will uh, limit, um, well, financial sanctions as far as their uh, business with the United States, uh, but also limiting their, their travel in the United States as well. The G7's finance, uh, finance officials, uh, you know, back the need uh, to regulate digital currency. So I've talked a bit about this, you know, the cryptocurrencies, the digital currencies, uh, Bitcoin being in the news, probably the, the, the biggest one everyone talks about. And we're actually uh, in the process of putting out a deep dive on Bitcoin uh, and cryptocurrencies in general. Uh, but the general theme from, from central banks around the world, as they've started to investigate this, it's becoming a bigger and bigger growing concern. Um, you know, uh, Facebook is, is uh, they want to introduce Libra, which is uh, their, their cryptocurrency um, as a currency for their marketplace. Uh, and obviously that would have a big impact on countries' currencies. So they're all looking into and doing uh, their due diligence and, and research into how they could maybe introduce their own cryptocurrencies or how they can be involved in those cryptocurrencies. But the big challenge is it's non-regulated. This is what's attracted uh, or, or started the attractiveness, the attractiveness of the cryptocurrencies is simply that, uh, you know, especially on the not so legal front, I won't, because it's not all illegal, but on the not so legal front, uh, it is used as a form of currency um, among many other things, as I said, it's non-centralized. It's not, you know, it has nothing to do with what anyone's particular government, but uh, it is completely unregulated. Uh, there has been a lot of fraud. There has been a lot of theft um, surrounding it. There's been a lot of problems around the lack of uh, any kind of regulation. Uh, and as it tries to move into a more mainstream uh, situation where, you know, uh, the public can easily uh, access it, uh, use it, uh, or, or, you know, even spend it, um, the, uh, you know, kind of the local retailers, uh more, at least some sort of um, regulations have to be put into place around that uh, in order to give the, you know, just the individuals, the population and regulators, um, the confidence that uh, it will be legitimate, right? That, that people can, you know, can use it, buy it and know that it's not going away tomorrow. Uh, so that's going to be a big, uh, a, a big 2021 uh, focus, I think, by a lot of central banks. As I said, there, there's more and more push for, for Bitcoin, especially as it hits record highs here, um, but also as other um, you know, entities such as Facebook uh, looking to bring it into the mainstream. Uh, as every week, we take a look at the numbers out there. Total cases around the world has gone through 68 million. Uh, total past uh, 1.55, moving towards 1.6 million. 
uh, obviously uh, harsh numbers. Uh, in the United States, there are almost there are 290,000 um, people have passed so far, uh, approaching that 300,000 number with over 15 million infected. Uh, Canada, through the 12,000, approaching 13,000 have passed, and through uh, 425,000, 426,000 people infected. And obviously, the big concern here is the numbers are not slowing down. Uh, and we're at that point now, the hospitals are starting to become stressed. And that's what we've always said. It was the same earlier in the, uh, early in the year in the first wave. Uh, we definitely saw it in New York, obviously, with the makeshift uh, hospitals and morgues. Um, the, the big risk, the, the big risk uh, for, for the death rates are that the hospital becomes overwhelmed. So people who need care won't get care because there's not enough beds, not enough ventilators. Obviously, for this wave, we're better prepared. We, uh, everyone's all of you know the medical systems have been able to get you know the PPE they needed. They've gotten more ventilators than they had in March, but even at those numbers, they're starting to become uh, stressed. Uh, and, and then we're not just talking, of course, about COVID anymore. Uh, if anyone has any other health issues that they need critical care or, or acute care for, um, you know those beds might not be available. Might be taken up with with COVID patients. So, so that's the big challenge we're, we're, we're facing into you. And that's, you know, really what we've got to see um, us come out of, uh, you know, as, as a global population, uh, we have to come out of the stress on the medical systems to, to make sure that um, people who do or are getting infected uh, are able to get the proper treatment and can recover. Uh, and that's, that's really the next step we have to see when we look at these numbers and, and really hopefully with the vaccine coming out sooner than later, I've, I've always said the vaccine is not going to be a magic bullet, but if it can slow the progress of the spread and slow those numbers in hospitals, we'll be in better shape. The economies will be in better shape and we can, uh, we can start to reopen uh, to um, more normal levels. I don't know if I'm going to make a call, it's going to be back to normal, but certainly closer to uh, what we consider normal. So let's take a look at the individual economies coming up in the US. Uh, we've got all the big uh, financial firms, uh, Goldman Sachs, JP's Morgan, uh, Wells Fargo. Um, they're getting together at the annual uh, financial services conference, all the heads of, of those companies getting together to discuss kind of what 2021 is gonna bring, where they see focus, where they see challenges. Uh, it's, it's, it's a boring read, but it's a really interesting read. So we'll hopefully have some news on that in the coming weeks. Uh, big pharma biotechs are also getting together. Pfizer, Eli Lilly, Johnson, Johnson, Glaxo, Roche. Uh, they're all getting together, uh, you know, to figure out that, that manufacturing and distribution of those vaccines. Uh, it's going to be a conjoined effort. It's, it's not going to be one company off on their own. There's no company, uh, you know, with a two vaccine system, um, to get this out, seven and a half billion, over seven and a half billion people in the world, you know, that's 15 billion vaccines to not only manufacture, ship, and get to different countries. So, uh, so all the country, all the companies are getting together to uh, to make that happen. So, looking forward to see that plan as this rollout starts to accelerate. Uh, in the economy, GameStop, uh, we kind of want to highlight this one, uh, GameStop, uh, which of course is a um, video game uh, store in the United States. Uh, saw some uh, some drops in the third quarter revenue uh, due to the pandemic and the people not going in the brick and mortar. And I kind of highlighted this because, you know, here's 
you know, the difference between the e-commerce and the brick and mortar um, businesses, because uh, we did actually see the release of the new Xbox uh, console. So the Microsoft console, and of course, Sony's PlayStation 5 also came out, uh, have been massive sellers. They're sold out everywhere. Uh, you know, you could buy them aftermarket at a premium. Um, but trying to, you know, trying to get them from a store uh, as next to possible. Um, and, and all that went pretty much online sales. So, uh, you know, here we're seeing GameStop, uh, a, a sector which sales have been booming for the product, but not in the brick and mortar, but on the online. And we're going to see, I think through this holiday season, we're going to see a lot of that. Now I have mentioned uh, in the past, and and I do recommend maybe if you can, um, try to support some of your local stores. You know, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to bash Walmart or, you know, any of the likes, the Home Depots, uh, but that's not really what I, I what uh, the suggestion I'm giving you here. It's, you know, the local shops, the local owned shops. Uh, yes, we can order it online. Uh, yes, it's convenient, but uh, a lot of them are, you know, are, uh, are struggling. They're, this, this is the big season for sales for them. Um, you know, if you can, uh, you know, they, a lot of them are doing uh, their own delivery set process or at least curbside pickup so you can still stay safe. You know, do try to uh, continue to support uh, local businesses uh, if you can, and, and obviously through this holiday season, it's going to be more and more important. Also in the U.S., uh, the IPO bonanza is continuing. So uh, if you haven't been following this, um, you know, the initial public offer offerings or the new stocks being launched out there uh, have been uh, just going crazy. Valuations have been crazy, uh, probably way more than should. This is one area of the markets I'll be really cautious about. Uh, Airbnb is uh, uh, getting ready to, uh, to take theirs. Uh, public and they continue to raise the price at which they're taking it because the demand is so high. Uh, so that's always a concern uh, just in the fact of what's driving up that price. Uh, obviously people aren't traveling, although Airbnb's recovered fairly well with people, um, you know, still doing social distance and not trusting the hotels as much, you know, because of the contact and trying to isolate themselves into, um, you know, houses and apartments, uh, even when they do travel. Uh, so on that, on that front, they're doing uh, doing well, but I don't know if we've seen that much of recovery that's uh, that's had them upsize this this IPO. I think on the third time uh, at this point. So be cautious around the IPOs. Make sure you know what you're buying and what price you're paying for. Um, pay safe to go public uh, in a Bill Foley back nine nine billion dollar deal. Here's another company that's going uh, public. Um, Bill Foley, of course, a veteran investor has agreed uh, to merge with PaySafe uh, and, and uh, for a $9 billion uh, include in debt and then take that, spin that up publicly. So uh, just another merger. It has been a year for mergers and acquisitions. Um, Exxon's facing its own battles. We've talked about the energy sector having troubles and continued troubles. Uh, we have seen a rebound a little bit in their pricing on the optimism of the vaccine reopening travel again. Uh, but even then, you know, it, it's going to take some time uh, and here we have Exxon uh, getting into a proxy fight. So basically what we're seeing here is an activist firm called uh, Engine Number no. 1 uh, is, is organized a much, enough shareholders to get a proxy vote. So they have enough support of shareholders that they're pushing Exxon's management to, um, to seek out or uh, grow the business more towards clean energy. 
and, and help it improve its financial performance by going into the more clean uh, sectors as opposed to focusing strictly on the on the fossil fuels. Uh, it's interesting that there's a battle. Most company, most of the uh, energy companies are doing that anyway. Um, obviously, uh, this this group of investors feel that they're not moving fast enough, uh, so they're they're trying to push Exxon that way even further. Uh, J.C. Penney retail is uh, filed for Chapter 11, so J.C. Penney's uh, again a brick and mortar. Of course, we we've seen them around a, a long time. Um, have had financial troubles in the past due to some uh, management decisions. This time around, mostly COVID related. Uh, they go into Chapter 11. Two of their biggest landlords, Simon Property and Brookfield Asset Management, have acquired most of those assets, uh, and and will go through liquidation and uh, reorganization uh, of those assets uh, as they uh, as they move out of the protection of Chapter 11. Uh, Bayer, uh, we talked about this a couple of months ago. Bayer is a, uh, was doing a deal with Altera for a, uh, a anti-tumor treatment uh, medicine. Uh, and uh, and they're accelerating that that therapy and the rollout of that, that that drug. So other things are happening in the pharmaceutical world other than just uh, the vaccine. And Bayer's uh, taking that that approach. Coming up in Canada, uh, the pipeline Enbridge is expected to announce its capital spend. So how much it's planned to spend through 2021 uh, as they uh, as they continue to focus on the line three of their pipeline, linking the oil sands with the Midwest refineries. Uh, so this is one of their biggest projects they've been working on for the last few years. Uh, and they're going to be rolling out their budget and spend and, and what that timing looks like. So we'll keep a close eye on that as far as the pipelines go. Uh, we did see the... Uh, um, the IV manufacturing index numbers come out last week. Uh, as I mentioned, we have seen pretty much steady across all the economic numbers continue to improve, uh, but slowing. So not not at the same rate. Obviously, when we reopened, there was that big pent up demand as as uh, things had completely shut down for a while, uh, and people were getting out and, and buying or catching up on their spending, if you will. Um, but that's starting to slow now. We did see some better than expected uh, unemployment numbers, both in the Canada and in the U.S. last uh, last month. Uh, as long as we can hold that that trend, it's going to continue to improve. Uh, but remember, the unemployment is one of the key indicators that we keep an eye on that, and and of course, inflation slash interest. Uh, and uh, Bank of Canada's expected to come out this week and actually reaffirm uh, that uh, they're going to keep the interest rates low. Uh, they do have a two to three year plan to keep them low. Uh, but uh, we'll keep a close eye on that as, uh, as well as the unemployment numbers. As I mentioned, uh, Canada's uh, looking to receive the first doses of the Pfizer vaccine uh, in December here. Uh, in, in fact, some of the reports I've heard uh, will be potentially this week, maybe into next week. And some of the provinces already kind of started to hear their allocations. So um, we'll, we'll start to get a better idea is how many uh, first of all, how many we're going to get and when, and also the roll-up plan of who who's first in line. Uh, Dominion Diamonds is reaching us uh, a deal to sell to uh, Acadi. <laughs> sorry, all stuffed up. Mines. Uh, this was a uh, Dominion had gone into uh, again gone into bankruptcy protection uh, eight nine months ago, uh, and this is just finalizing their their sale. Um, of the mining. Now, as we've talked about, the mining industry has picked up quite a bit, both in gold and, and other metals. Um, so uh, we might see some good activity in diamonds as well. 
Canada's uh, picked a former pension fund manager, uh, Sabia, to uh, be its top official. Uh, he's going to take over the Canada's uh, second biggest pension um, to, to start running that for 2021 uh, and also looking at where and how those stimulus dollar, dollars are going to be uh, distributed in the, uh, in the new year as we go uh, into our second round of stimulus packages. So what else uh, we're going to talk about today is I mentioned year-end tax reform. So what can you do? Oops, sorry about that. What can you do before we end? So, well, there's some really easy things to keep in mind for tax reforms. Um, one is, uh, you know, tax loss selling. So let's say you have some positions that are in a negative uh, point uh, right now. Uh, with, uh, you know, maybe it's an energy, maybe you got caught up in a little bit in the hospitality or travel areas, um, and you want to uh, cash in on those um, or take advantage of those losses, uh, you can crystallize them. So you have, you can sell them before year end. You've got to do it sooner than later because you have to settle out uh, before year end. So that means completely settle the trade. Uh, and then you have to be out for 30 days. So the, you can go over the year end for that, but you can't repurchase that, that same position before uh, 30 days are up. If you do be rebuy it again, it's like you never sold it. So you won't crystallize that loss. You won't be able to claim that loss on your tax return. So it's something to always go through your portfolio. Look at any dogs you have in there. Make sure you crystallize uh, some losses. Uh, maybe you want offset uh, or you, know, you have some gains to offset. The other thing to keep in mind is do look at those gains. What's your tax situation this year? Is your taxes, are your taxes lower this year for whatever reason? Maybe you drew less out of your company. Maybe you're off for a period of time because of COVID. Um, if your income is lower this year than it's going to be next year, and you do have some gains this year, might be worthwhile triggering some gains as well to have them um, tax them in your lower tax year as opposed to carrying them forward for future years when you might be in a higher tax bracket and, and pay more taxes. So keep that in mind. It works both ways. Really go through that portfolio. The other thing to really take a look at is kind of your, you know, your, your longer term plans, uh, you know, double, you know, we always tell people, you know, year end, it's a good time to review the financial plan you have in place or, or maybe set an appointment to, uh, to do a new financial plan to make sure you've got things all in order uh, double check your beneficiaries on your accounts, uh, whether it be TFSA or RSPs. RESPs, if you're a parent or grandparent that you're contributing to an RESP, uh, you can carry forward the grant money that, uh, that you're, you know, the kids qualify for, but you can only catch up one year at a time. So, you know, depending on how old they are, uh, you, you know, they because uh, the grant stopped the year that they turned 17, so, you know, depending if you've missed some past years, you want to catch up on that sooner than later. You've got till December 31st to figure that out um, and, get, and, and get that grant money for this year if you haven't already done so. So I do recommend take a look at RESP contributions if, uh, if that's something that's in your plan. Uh, RSP contributions, well, it's a good time to take a look at where your income is this year. Uh, you do have until March 1st to do the RSP contribution. But, you know, start getting a sense of what your income is this year, how much deductions you're going to need, whether you want to max out uh, that or uh, look at other strategies like your TFSA or if you have corporations, um, whether you have a, a passive uh, investment account within the corporation or hold Holco, uh, you know, definitely look at, at using those as well as a, as a strategy. 
basically all in all for December is really take a step back and take a look at a summary of everything, review everything before year end. Uh, because once we go past December 31st, it is hard to, uh, you, other than RSPs, there's not many different uh, things you can go back on and, uh, and, and fix or trigger the tax advantages of for the calendar year. So do take advantage of anything you can for 2020. Uh, also make sure you've kept all your receipts, anything to do with working at home, because there is going to be some special uh, room uh, for people working at home. And of course, there always is uh, um, allocations that you can claim uh, a percentage of square foot of your home office uh, for, uh, for tax deduction purposes. Be a little cautious uh, because it does make that portion of your home tax taxable if you sell it down the road uh, versus, of course, your principal residence is tax-free uh, should you sell it um, under normal. Most people aren't using that big a percentage of their uh, home for, for work, so it shouldn't impact uh, too much uh, of that tax-free status of the house. But keep that in mind, uh, it, it, do, it, it does kind of come in there. Also remember, as of January 1, your TFSA is going to have another 6,000 in room. And of course, if you have any investments outside your RSP, you want to be maximizing your TFSA first because it is all tax sheltered in there. Um, you know, depending on your, your, your individual situation, um, you know, your savings, you know, you kind of have three, well, maybe four buckets if you have that RESP, but you've got the RSP, the TFSA, uh, we call it a cash account or an investment account, uh, and then your RESP. So your savings can go to those different locations. Of course, the one hardest on taxes is the investment account. If you have a corporation, of course, you might have, as I mentioned, a, a, a capital account within the, the corporation as well to take advantage of the taxations over there. But those are kind of the main buckets that you, you might want to use. Uh, and everyone's different as to the mix you want to use uh, as far as taxation go. And also keep in mind, it's not about just taxes going in. Where are you paying taxes when it comes out? Um, again, if you have a pension plan, of course, that's going to contribute to taxable income. Um, you know, depending on how large your RSP is, uh, you know, when it converts to a RIF or you start to withdraw from it, um, you know, what's that going to look like? Uh, do you have other strategies? You've implemented RCAs or IPPs, uh, you know, around uh, corporate uh, executive packages, then, uh, you know, that can also have a bearing on what your taxable income in retirement looks like. So those would depend on where you want to place the money. So it's always good to do a big review before year end. Make sure you know where the money's, uh, your savings are, are going to go or the best place to uh, set you up for the future. Uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to taxation. So with that, that's what I have this year. Uh, sorry for today. Uh, as I mentioned last week, this is our last live uh, video for uh, 2020. We're going to take a bit of hiatus here uh, over Christmas. We are going to do a special um, year wrap up video. Uh, we'll you all know about uh, just to kind of summarize everything that's gone on in 2020. Of course, capture anything that happens in the next couple of weeks. But uh, we'll come back with our live ones back in January again. And we'll get everyone caught up uh, as we start into the new fresh 2021 in just a few weeks. So with that, I'll, uh, I'll say goodbye. If you have any questions, as always, you can go to mikeonmoney.com. Send us your feedback. Love to hear it. Uh, and we will talk soon.